Michelle Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. on the dot, 6.01 p.m. Pacific time. You're tuning in to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles here on the WLTKDB network, WLTKDB.com. Of course, you can follow the station on all of its social media channels as well using that handle WLTKDB. Of course, I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. We have a fantastic show planned tonight all about reincarnation with very special guests, which I'll bring in in just a second. Just a few little announcements. Uh, The show prior to mine, uh, Realm of Darkness with hosts Ashley Moreno and Rini Rodriguez uh, was very interesting. They talked about the Kathy Tucker case. It's a cold case. So if you missed that show, it will be archived for you. Of course, the Oregon Ghost Conference, the 10th annual, well, semi-10th annual Oregon Ghost Conference starts tomorrow night through Sunday. I'll be teaching a class, Paranormal Investigation Methodologies. It's a virtual class because I can't attend in person this year, sadly. Uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday night, you can get your tickets, OregonGhostConference.com. And then, of course, my Ghost Education 101 uh, Introduction to Paranormal Investigation and and Research will be rescheduled to be determined. I don't have a date yet. And then uh, just uh, I'm saying this just because Rini mentioned it earlier in her show, the upcoming 25th anniversary of the Heaven's Gate, tragic Heaven's Gate uh, mass suicide in Rancho Santa Fe is coming up also this Saturday, March 26th. And of course, I'm working on an article Heaven's Gate, the allure still exists 25 years later, so stay tuned for that. You can follow the Afterlife Chronicles, of course, on all of WLTKDB's social channels, as well as its own Facebook uh, page, Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond, and of course on Podbean, afterlifechronicles.podbean.com. So now let's introduce uh, my guests. Again, I'm very, very excited to talk with them, Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney-Kidd. Uh, This is provided uh, from them after their paths crossed throughout their lives. David and Carla discovered through meditation and regression that reincarnation is real and that they have over 29 past lives together. So David and Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure to be here, Nicole. Yeah, nice to meet you finally face to face. So this should be a, a very enlightening discussion. I've always been a firm believer in reincarnation. So very much looking forward to it. So I would like to start out if you don't mind about your how your friendship, you know, strengthened and how you discovered that you have had 29 lives together, because that's amazing. It, it's, well, we'll start from the very beginning. In, in 1998, I bought the practice where Carla was the office manager. And so we became really good friends uh, for a long time. And then when we finally had to start electronic medical records, Carla said I became a little bit grouchy. And electronic medical records took over everybody's medical office. Yeah. The first three to six months were absolutely horrific. I became grouchy, unbearable, difficult to work with. And you, you, you tell him. <laughs> Yeah, I, it happens I, to us all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dave is normally a cross between Yogi Bear and Fred Flintstone. Seriously, <laughs> and he was unapproachable. He was just crabby. He'd roll his eyes at everything he said. And so one day, I just said to him, "You know, you have to do something. I can call a counselor." Or I was reading an AARP magazine about the benefits of meditation. Very highly unlikely. But I came into the office and I said, you know, look, this is what I was reading. What do you think? 
do you want to meditate as an office or do you want me to call a counselor? And he said, well, we can go ahead and try the meditation. So, you know, we had two other girls that worked in our small office and we said, hey, how about we all come in a half an hour earlier and we'll meditate before patients begin. So we did it. Everybody agreed. And the first day um, afterwards, we all commented on how difficult it was to quiet our minds. Yes. The second day, yeah, I mean, it's not an easy thing for everybody. The second day, we all commented that we saw bright colors and um, we were relaxed. And then the third day, the girl said, uh, we'll do it at home. You know, we, we're not coming in early. So we decided to. Dave will tell you a little bit later all those benefits of meditation from the medical standpoint. Um, we decided to meditate on our own and, um, we did it for about 35 minutes and we heard patients coming in. So we got up, went to our adjoining offices and Dave came up behind me and he said, Carla, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I was talking to your mother during meditation. And of course my first response was, well, why the hell is she talking to you and not me? So, <laughs> you know, um, but he said, you know, she kept laughing and she was real jovial and she showed me a shoe. So I went to the computer and I Googled ballroom dancing shoes and like 60 or 70 pair popped up on the screen. And I said, which one? And he pointed to the exact shoe my mother always wore. She was a ballroom dancer and she wore the same type of shoe. It was a small pump, open toed sandal for church or dress up or ballroom dancing. So I thought, wow, my sister was also working at the office at that time. And she went to a purse, brought up a picture of my mother, turned it around and said to Dave, is this who you were talking to? And he got really emotional. And he said, yes, that's the woman I was speaking with. Wow. So of course, you know, that's, we didn't think he was crazy anymore. And we just, all we wanted to do was meditate. I thought I was still crazy. Just yes. so everybody knows. So we just kept doing it. We kept meditating and then we had the girl's attention. Then they wanted to meditate with us. And um, we would get, Dave would get, and we all would get just different faces and pictures and would write everything down. And um, then one day we were meditating and Dave had this memory. And it was, it was so vivid. And, and during the memory, it, it was from 1962. Now this is going to tell you how old I was because in 1962, I was three, but I remember getting into the blue sedan with the green suitcases with my folks in Nebraska. My dad was going to graduate school in Boston. Why that sort of matters is I was living in Nebraska. Carla was living in Boston. We didn't know each other. We had never met or anything. And my dad put us in this car, drove across the country. We went to Boston. I remembered student housing and getting lost every day. And then I had a memory of going to a beach and I was telling the girls I'm running on the beach and I can see the Ferris wheel in the background and I can see the roller coaster and I can see the beachfront and I can see all these souvenir shops across the road and I'm running and this little girl runs over, knocks me down, sits on my chest, kisses me on the forehead and yells at me. And she says, be quiet, you're bothering my family. And I look up because she jumps up, she puts both hands on her hips, and she's wearing this little blue two-piece ruffled bathing suit. And Carla stops me right there. Because I remembered it. I it was etched in my mind forever. Um, we're you know, we were from the good Catholic family. I'm the youngest of six girls. Mother and daddy were always getting divorced or you know, separating and almost divorced, but never quite did it. And then that particular day, they were back together and we didn't have a car. We were not well off. He rented two cabs, took us all down to the beach. And for whatever reason, when we got there, I didn't have my bathing suit. Normally, you know, I inherited one from a sister. So we went across the street and they bought me my first brand new two-piece blue mm -hmm. rubble bathing suit. And it was mm -hmm. etched in my mind forever because it was new. It was two-piece, you know, woo it was, you know, something else. So when Dave told me this, you know, we, we were shocked. And my sister and I simultaneously said, well, we didn't even know you were in Boston. When was this? Yeah. And so it was 1962. So, you know, we're, I'm like, this is very weird. We met each other in 1962 and then didn't meet each other again for 36 years. That's absolutely amazing. And it makes me wonder if this is happening 
to people and they're just not aware of it. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know, I mean, that in a way that's sad because I, I would want to be aware of it. Right. So, oh my gosh, this, I mean, I have goosebumps. This is yeah, insane. Yeah, it did, like, this it is did amazing. That day too. And so we're like, this meditation thing is so incredible. You know, I've, I've seen Carla's mother. I had this memory that well, I didn't by the know. way, had died 18 years before. Dave never met her. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. And, and so we kept meditating and we, and we were, Carla started like anything I would say, she would write down anything I thought of, remembered, saw. And then there was a day where another woman came and she told me her name was Isabella. And Isabella matter of factly says, and I've been with you for 6,000 years. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Right. You know, I mean, I was raised Catholic. I thought, okay, maybe there is some way to talk to people that are dead, but is who is this person that knows me for 6,000 years? She started to explain, explain that she was a spirit from God, that we would hear other people talk about them and they would call them spirit guides. And I'm like, okay. She says, I've been with you since you had your first life 6,000 some years ago. Oh, my goodness. A couple days later, I'm meditating again, and I and then suddenly I'm standing in a dark alley, and I look across the alley, and there's a woman standing there, and I know it's Carla. She doesn't look exactly like Carla, but I know it's Carla. She's blonde. Her hair slicked back. She's 20 years old, so a little younger than she is today. Not by much, <laughs> um, but, but she's standing there with a headband on and this ruffled skirt. And I no, think fringe fringe. It's, it, anyway, I think she, she looks like a flapper and I'm like, and suddenly I see two big, bright flashing lights and suddenly I'm hit in the chest and I realize I've been shot and I fall over and I know I'm dying in this dark black alley. And everything goes dark. I tell her this, and I'm like, I don't even know what this is. The next day, meditating again. It's like I go to the story, but the day before, a few days before. And I'm riding in a little car with a friend that works at the bank that I do. And Philip and I go to this wedding of a man named Angelo who, who does business at the bank. And we drive into Ashland Auditorium and we walk up the steps and there's this whole church set up inside. And it's this man who's having a wedding. It's a huge wedding. And the same woman I saw in the alley walks out and she's the wedding singer. Wow. And she sings during the show, the, the wedding, the Ave Maria. Hmm. And I think it's beautiful and I have to meet her. And for some reason I'm drawn to her. And so after at the reception, I finally meet her and she's sitting at a table with a bunch of women and she kind of blows me off a little bit, but I keep trying to talk to her. She dances with me once and I finally get her to agree that she'll go out to breakfast with me tomorrow. Cause I've been a pest. <laughs> the next day I wake up and I go to breakfast and I meet her and she's, not dressed fancy. She's dressed in a wool coat and she's cute young woman. And she tells me she's moved to Chicago from Bullock, Georgia. And that her father's name, <coughs> excuse me, her father's name is James. Her mother's name is um, Anna. And that her last name is Donaldson. And she wants to be a singer and a dressmaker. And she moved to Chicago. And I know it's now the, the 11th of, just, of January, 1925. Wow. And we take a walk along the Chicago coastline. And she again, we share all these stories with each other and we're talking. And I come and I tell Carla this whole additional memory. And Carla says, this is so strange. And she runs out to look. Well, you know, it, 
It wasn't that long ago. I thought I could find some sort of proof. Certainly. We knew my name was Ruby Donaldson. Um, we knew that uh, my father and mother's name and that I was born in Bullock, Georgia. So I got onto ancestry.com and I found Ruby Donaldson born, wow. born in 1904 in Bullock, Georgia to James and Anna Donaldson, one of 11 children. Um, I also found the wedding of Angelo Jenna to Lucille Spinola on January the 10th, 1925 at Ashland Auditorium in Chicago. And I found um, pictures from the wedding, um, the wedding cake. So, of course, I called Dave immediately and said, hey, I can corroborate what you gave me. Um, you're not you're not so crazy. And so we kept meditating. And so I'll throw in the health things because I'm a doctor meditating. Lowers your blood pressure, lowers blood sugar, increases melatonin, so improves sleep, and decreases cortisol. And this is something I tell people because I encourage everybody to, to meditate now. The first year that we meditated, I set a goal to lose two pounds a week. At the end of the first year, I was 104 pounds lighter with meditation. So I like to tell people that it also increases serotonin and dopamine, which are the medicines we give people if they have depression. So it's got a lot of health benefits. It sure does. Absolutely. So, so we kept meditating, journaling everything that happened. Sometimes we would find lives that we could at least sort of relate to because we could find historical things that works close. So we might find that I have a memory and we knew who was the king and we could find that that occurred in that year. So we discovered we had 29 past lives together. Dave himself had 42. I have uh, 34, 34. Um, but 29 were together and not always as a love interest. Um, I've been his mother, his sister, um, his neighbor, a schoolmate. Um, because we cycle back together with the same people that we call our soul family for two reasons, right? For karmic reasons or, you know, to help each other. So, you know, it wasn't unusual after we understood that that's the way it worked. And so after we compiled all this information and we started to write our first book, it's called the gift of past lives with mother Isabella, God and Elizabeth. Um, we put in 20 of our past life stories. And wow. the, yeah. And at the end of each one of those stories, we actually put the reasons that we didn't pass, that we failed and had to come back again because, you know, we've all been saints and sinners. Um, you know, we've been kings, queens. We've been rich, poor. We've been black, white. We've slave been, and slave owner. Yes. We've been Catholic. We've been pagan. We've been Muslim. We've been, um, you know, everything you can think because that's how we learn we learn compassion and love by living each side. And that's what it's all about. That makes absolute sense. This is so utterly fascinating. We do have to take our first break, but when we come back, I want to dig way more into this just because, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, the, the certain people that we come across in life, throughout our life, if there is in many of these cases, some sort of past life connection, and that's why we meet them. And, and engage with them in this present life. So, so fascinating. Let's take our first break. You're tuning into the Afterlife Chronicles. Excuse me, I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. Tonight's guests are Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogny-Kid. We will be right back. A certified spiritual life coach, animal communicator, past life regression, and a psychic medium. This is Charlie Lynn. Charlie Lynn and Chat with Charlie work with you to bring communication and understanding from spirit to those looking to gain insight. Charlie Lynn's spiritual journey has brought her to you, so take advantage and contact Charlie Lynn today. Book a reading, indulge in some Reiki work, or take the next step in your life with some spiritual life coaching. No matter, Charlie Lynn is here to help you. Search Chat with Charlie on Facebook. That's Chat with Charlie on Facebook. 
minutes past the hour. Of course, you're tuning back into the Afterlife Chronicles. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. Tonight's guests are Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bognikid talking about reincarnation. If you missed the first part of the episode, of course, that'll be archived. Well, the entire episode will be archived. They shared uh, how how their friendship evolved and, and discovering that they had 29 past lives together and, and the connections and the signs of this. I, I literally was having goosebumps all over my body hearing them. So let's get more into this. So what are some of the telltale signs that you guys have discovered of reincarnation for, for people that just really have no clue about it? Maybe they know what it is, but what would you tell them are the, are the, the telltale signs of reincarnation? Well, how about if we address it a little bit like this, Nicole? Yeah, absolutely. How we do you want? Um, first thing is when they do polls, it's approximately 33% of the world's population believes in reincarnation. Anyway, if you look at it from a religious perspective, it's a actual tenet of Judaism. Um, it's certainly, it's a tenet of Hinduism, Buddhism. So there's a, a, a large population. It's if you want to look at this, it, it's also 20% of Christians say they report this. Uh, if you look at from a long history of religion, um, all indigenous populations have beliefs that are somewhat related to this, and most ancestor worship is related to this. It's uh, relatively big in Africa, uh, Alaskan, in American Indian. So it, it, it's been something that has been following humanity forever. Of course. The, the next thing we look at is we, I had this, the doctor curiosity. So I went out and realized that there's actually been a lot of research over the last 50, 60 years at the University of Virginia Department of Perceptual Studies. They've actually have about 2,500 cases of kids. And by kids, I mean, three, four-year-olds where you can't really coach them who have started to talk about past life memories with their parents. They've connected to the university. They've gone out and do research studies with them. They find the, the people they say they are actually existed in the last life. They have some fascinating stories about war pilots who have, you know, a kid who's three-year-old who says he went down in a pilot and, and the boat he was on was this boat. And these were a couple of his friends. And they find the boat, the roster of the boat. And they find that this guy is the only guy whose plane went down off the coast of Japan. Those kind of stories, you can't teach a three-year-old. And through autopsies, um, they have correlated the, um, the reason for death uh, by the person that they're saying that they were with a birthmark in the life that they have now just happening, happening to be in the same place. And they even do some very in-depth studies and they, they'll get a picture of the, the young boy's wife from a previous life. And then they bring in five pictures of women and they say, do you know any of them? And they pick their wife. They'll bring in five dogs and they say, are any of these dogs yours from the past life? And they pick the right dog. And they find that if they can get the kids to, to corroborate about 85 or, and they, they're really close to 90% correct answers, they, they say, the kid can't know this. It's better, it's higher than, than the odds. And so they take those cases and they catalog them as verified. And they have about 2,500 now. So there's at least this is reasonably good evidence that there is something that exists from that past life to this one. Uh, if you start looking at these kids and asking questions, you also get information on their, on about 20% of the kids remember what it was like in between lives. And I have some memories of in between lives other people who have had reincarnation experiences or have had past life regression report things that they see in between lives. And it's really interesting because if you compare that to people who have near-death experiences, 
All of them are the same experience. They see a tunnel, they see lights, they see bright colors, they feel overwhelming sense of love and, and comfort and, and those kind of things. They report seeing loved ones that they knew before. All of those experiences happen. And, and I was lucky enough while I was meditating once to get to see my father's after he had passed away, his in-between life atonement time. And it's an amazing experience. That's interesting. The the correlation between NDE accounts and reincarnation. Can you argue that someone who is dying physically and or has died physically, but then is brought back to life and, and really classically discusses those telltale signs of an NDE, can you argue that that's actually, they're moving from one life into their next? Would you say that? That's the experience that I think they're having. I think they're starting to experience the next phase. The next phase. That, That time after life, they're starting, most of them report that they have some sort of a past life review. They see their life flashing before their eyes. They see the people that they've known that have died. All of those are the same kind of memories that I had when I saw time between lives. And they seem to correlate and they can say things that they didn't necessarily know before. So intriguing. I I know that some people that have had NDEs or it's one of the claims is that, uh, depending on your culture or your background, when you move through that so-called tunnel and you're, you're on the other side that you can actually change the landscape. So the colors that mean something to you, or if there's certain sort of symbols or, or backgrounds uh, matching your culture that you can change the landscape to match that, which is what is close to you, which I find so interesting and hearing you, Oh, go ahead. There's a couple things that are really interesting about that, Nicole. And part of that is when you when you try to, to use science and explain a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, the, the non-physical, non-seen realm, heaven, whatever people would like to call it, is very telepathic. Mm-hmm. And so the only way you communicate is by what you've already experienced. So you share what you know. So if you're there and you're trying to share with these beings, you can only share what you've experienced because you can't communicate it by speech. So of course, if you're sharing what you've experienced, you share your homeland, you share your religious experiences. You're trying to reach out and say, is this heaven? This is where I lived. This is who I am. And you're sharing your pictures with them. And so it's very normal that you would share only that which you've experienced, which brings us to really what is one of the points of life in general. Mm -hmm. In this, if we exist before we come here and we have no experience, one of the reasons for coming here is that when we go back, we can communicate through our experience. We have shared experience. So we have shared things to share, if that makes sense. And this is, this could be, you know, the whole concept of collective consciousness where this maybe comes in as well. You know, it's, you know, hearing, hearing you two talk about these experiences, it, it almost seems that you're kind of a, not, I shouldn't say epiphany, but knowing about you know, your past lives together and and the reincarnation, it was fueled almost by meditation. So do you think like if you hadn't started your meditation, do you think you would have come to this realization? I I really don't know, Nicole. You know, we asked that question a few times, uh, you know, ourselves and ask Isabella. And she says, part of it was, you were both so open and literally praying for each other to have a better life experience than you were having. Mm-hmm. And so the openness was what connected you. Oh, makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I Absolutely. think some of those people having mediumship experiences or other experiences that, that are like this, 
there is something in them that's a need that opens them to the experience. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. And you oh, actually had your grandmother or your, yeah. You actually had too. Um, I want to talk about your, your training, your past life regression training with Dr. Brian Weiss and what that was like and, and what you learned from that, because I just find it so, so utterly fascinating. Well, um, I had read all his books um, years ago and that was sitting in the, the back of my mind somewhere. So when all of this happened, it's not like it was new to me. I was always rather open. Um, I knew that there was the possibility of a lot of things. Um, just because I went to church doesn't mean I believed everything that they told me. Right. Um, but the reason we went um, to o the Omega Institute to see Dr. Uh, Weiss and his wife was because it's really difficult to live in small town USA and be around people that understand what we've been through. Um, in fact, the podcast before this one that we did, um, the woman is quite religious and I almost, you know, we almost wanted to give her an out because she didn't believe anything we were saying. Aww. And it, it's really difficult. So to be in a room with 150 people from all over the world you know, the other countries are a lot more open than the United States. And um, one particular girl was a social worker from Chile. Wow. They, yes. they Her hospital had sent her to this conference to learn past life regression uh, therapy so that she could use it on end stage patients. And this was the case with so many people. It was wonderful. Now, we do... Uh, regression on our friends and family. We don't do it for a living. Um, we just wanted another experience because mm -hmm. actually I was already doing it with Dave, not knowing what I was doing. Right. Exactly. And he can take himself right into it. Like in three seconds, he can go to any life that he wants to. That's why we have such details in our books and our stories. Um, yeah. Her voice was always calming. And so it got to the point where I would meditate. She would ask questions, which is sort of what happens in regression. And if, if it was an upsetting memory, she would stop me. If it was an interesting one, she might ask the next question, which would take us flying down a road in a different direction. And so we got so much great detail. And a lot of times, depending on the path that the, um, you know, the therapist is taking you, for instance, when Dave regresses me, the first couple of times he did the staircase, you know, you're walking up or down a staircase, blah, blah, blah. Well, unfortunately, I have two lives where I died on staircases. So, oh no. You know, no. Yeah. So, what does that do? That takes you right there. And uh, just not too long ago, I was walking him along a river doing this, and we popped into a memory that, um, you know, we hadn't experienced before. And he was an eight year old little boy living in England. And um, it was a life that we knew about, but not at that age. So, you know, a lot of times it can take you to something. But we had some really interesting experiences with people from all over the world. And and it was nice to know that there were other people that understand this. They've had the experiences. And we're not just um, strange. Well, we are in a little town, but we're not so strange when you put us with the rest of the world. A lot of people are having these experiences, not just us. Exactly. And I think a lot are having these experiences and maybe not even aware that they are, or maybe they mm -hmm. are aware and they're maybe, you know, the fear of the unknown kicks in with, yes. you know, so I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I've, I, I've always felt I, I'm very sensitive with, with fire and uh, with water. I love water. I learned to swim when I was two, but I, I've always believed that I've died in a past life in a fire as well as drowning. That's, but that's, that's a whole nother discussion. Well, I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Dave? I was going to say, so all these things happen and I, and, and I have to go out and research if there's anything that medically has anything to do with it. So it's really interesting because a lot of people at the time between wake and sleep have experiences and memories that seem to be real, that they think are not dreams. And frequently those are past life memories during past life regression hypnosis and during meditation it's really interesting all three of those are the time when your brain 
engages and has increased alpha and theta waves. And when mm -hmm. you have alpha and theta waves, it's the time you're accessing memory. So all three of those things access memory. And if the memory continues from a life before, you can access it again, which is what Dr. Weiss found early on. He was a psychiatrist. He was regressing people back to their childhood to see if their childhood problems caused their adult problems. And he accidentally took some past their birth and found problems and found lives. And he found people in his office that were related in a previous Amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Now, is he still offering the sort of training at the Omega Institute? Well, he wasn't through the whole COVID thing, but I, right, right. Together, but I think it's going to come back soon. That's, that's, oh my goodness. You know, the, the whole dreaming aspect and, and being asleep and with the lower inhibitions, I'm wondering how, in, in your opinion, how people can differentiate just a dream where someone's maybe accessing their subconscious versus maybe a, an actual spiritual visitation versus a past life. How would you differentiate that? Well, you just know it's more vivid and you don't forget it. Yeah, and that's, it, yeah, that's a, yeah, that makes and especially sense. Especially if you're having it repetitively. It's You know, you should be paying attention. And if that's happening, journal it because at some point you might be able to, you know, connect the dots. The other thing that happens, Nicole, for a lot of people is the most traumatic memory mm. appears first. And the other, so a lot of times the very traumatic memory that you have or a traumatic dream, maybe a past life memory. And the other thing that happens is people feel emotion. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, so when, I, when my father came to me after he was had passed, the emotion was so real, there was no way I could deny it. Right. Almost like this all-knowing sense that what you experienced mm -hmm. is true. And if that's something hard to really, it's not necessarily meant to be defined, but it's meant to be experienced in a way. So, I, I mean, what about, where does hypnosis fit into this? Do you think that with hypnosis you can access or have someone successfully regress. Mm -hmm. Correct. And and the, again, the same alpha and theta waves increase during hypnosis. Okay. And the other thing that, that happens is hypnosis allows people to let their fears and concerns relax so they're able to access this. And, and, and I like to try to tell people this sort of analogy. You know, in this life, the first time you touch something that's hot, it burns you. And the next time you touch something hot, you pull back faster because it's literally saved in your subconscious. Yes. Past lives are a little bit like that, too. If you were burned in a fire or you drowned in the water or if you were killed in a dark alley in 1925 in Chicago, you'll remember that and you'll try to avoid standing in a dark alley with a flapper in 2022 because you might get shot so there's some protective things that occur that way that and makes total sense makes total sense and maybe a lot of our fears in this life are from past life experiences you know it's it's all it's all like a, a connective matrix it seems like i and, oh go ahead like dave said you know many times it's um it's those adverse situations or those traumatic situations that arise um Dr. Weiss always does several group regressions. And it was interesting because I knew what all of my lives were already at the point that we went to train with him. But during one of the group regressions, uh, um, a memory surfaced when I was strangled to death. And, uh, well, you, well, you know, we've all, when you think back in history, terrible things have happened. But, oh, exactly. Yes. And it was interesting. I knew that the the man that strangled me to death was my husband then, but he was my first true love in this life. And then during a second um, regression, group regression, um, he did 
I saw myself, um, I poisoned a king in England and that came to me. And it was really interesting because I was so upset and I felt bad that I had done it. Now I was a very young person and, um, he was very mean and abusive to me. Um, but it's funny that it wasn't him, you know, happy memories that were surfacing. So a lot of times when something like that comes up and you assume it's a dream, no, it's not. It's something that's happened and it's coming up to help you. Carla, I want you to tell her about the young lady from Chile. Oh, you regressed her. Yes. The same young lady from Chile that was the social worker. Um, this was early on and I hadn't done many regressions and I was so surprised that this happened right off the bat. Um, I took her back to, uh, she took herself to, and, and this is what normally happens. You know, you will take yourself to an area that needs to be healed. She took herself to the time in Israel when um, Constantine was um, Nero. Nero, I'm sorry, was um, persecuting all of the people and burning them. And she had lost her son. The Romans had stolen her son and she was really upset. She was trying to find him. And um, what she learned during that was that that little boy in that life was her fiance in this life. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. And when they <sighs> first started to date, she was obsessed with not letting him out of her sight. And it almost didn't allow the, the uh, relationship to move on. And so she understood after this regression, that's why I that's kept why, why I all these little life. connective yes. yeah. ties. She didn't want to lose him again. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. There, there's the goosebumps again. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I have a sweater on, can't see them, but they're there. Yes. And then, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking of just foregoing the second break because I, I, and I hope that's okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to make the decision. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So I, because I want, there's so much to talk about. I mean, we only have an hour. You talk about to the, the five simple rules. Mm -hmm. And then of course the lessons, you know, you've already talked about this, but maybe elaborating a little bit more on the lessons learned from past lives. Yeah. But what are, according to you, the five simple rules that people should know regarding reincarnation. Well, you know, Isabella said early on to us that um, everybody, you know, mostly everybody knows what the 10 commandments are. And she said, but I can break them down and make them a little bit smaller, you know, a little bit um, easier to understand. And um, really there's no reason for us not to understand these. The five simple rules are live a life that is without conceit, jealousy, selfishness, and unforgiveness do everything out of love and compassion and everything else. You know, if you're listing your faults or mistakes or negative behavior, they all fall under one of those things that we said, you know, mm -hmm. we've all been saints and sinners. And of course, if you walk in somebody else's shoes, then you understand them. And if Empathy. you put in that position, then you're more compassionate. So again, Live without conceit, jealousy, selfishness, and unforgiveness. Do everything out of love and compassion. And that so, is very hard for, for many people. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. And, and so if you break them down and you start looking at them, you realize that conceit, selfishness, jealousy, and unforgiveness are all about you. Mm -hmm. It's all about the ego. It's all about yourself. Love and compassion is really all about understanding and giving to others. So if you if you live a life that's all about you, and not about anybody else, then you're going to probably return into a life where nobody cares about you. Makes and, sense. and if, and then we start talking about other things that are really important little lessons to learn. One of them is alcoholism. So I'm going to use that one. If your father's an alcohol or if you're an alcoholic and you have a child, and you treat that child poorly. It is also a normal thing that happens. A lot of times that child turns out to be an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And his child turns out to be an alcoholic. Do not be surprised that in two or three generations, you don't return to the same family as, an, as the child of an alcoholic. Because someone has to step up and break the cycle. When somebody finally breaks the cycle and the alcoholism stops, that lesson is over. 
The same one there you happens, go. The same one happens in child abuse. If you don't step up and and say, "Don't touch me," I'm telling somebody I don't know. I know someone. It doesn't stop. If you don't step up and stop, if you just allow it to happen, it's actually maybe selfish because you don't want to take the hard step. Stop what's happening because when you stop what happens, you break the cycle and someone else isn't returning with this karma. If we look at history for the last thousand years or last four, six thousand years, we look at things like is the Holocaust part of the karma of the Roman Empire destroying Jerusalem? Is it is it the response back? Now, that sounds horrific if you're talking to someone who's Jewish. They don't, you know, they didn't, they didn't cause the end of Jesus. Or they were part of the persecuted too. However, they didn't stop. They might not have stood up. They allowed that to happen. Is that something that has continued into the next life? If we, is it surprising that? we looked at a pattern of, of five or six lives of ours together and we were Vikings fighting the Scottish, Scottish fighting the English, then English fighting the Scottish. And in the very next life, we were of Viking descent fighting the English again on sometimes the same war fighting on opposite sides because in war, there's no winner. Incredible. And, and so until you start to see those patterns, you don't realize that somebody has to stop the cycle. And you know, the saying is, history repeats itself, you know? I mean, there's reasons why it does. Sorry about it, that. Go ahead, Carla. No, no. It's easy to get off the karmic wheel if you just remind yourself, we've all been queens and kings. We've all been maybe ugly and pretty. Mm -hmm. We've all been rich and poor. So you don't have to beat yourself up saying, well, why didn't I get that? Or why did this happen to me this time? Because we're all taking our turns. We're all playing a role. There's no room for jealousy. We don't need it or selfishness or conceit. We're infinite. There's nothing bad that's going to happen to us. That right there is an incredible piece of advice. And that if, if I mean, there's several take homes here in this episode, but I mean, that's one of them right there, because it's so easy for people to, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses or combine. Yeah. I have trouble with this sometimes comparing myself to others. And it's a good reminder. That is a good, mm -hmm. very good reminder. Where does karma fit into all of this? Karma, it's, I'm, I'm going to say, couple different things first of all it's interesting because in the in the brain tell your father's story i will in the brain we record everything as a positive or negative experience so right. there's already something neurophysiological about that 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 goes to memory positive and negative experience the next thing is we call karma really about balance because you have to learn both sides if you want to call it true divine justice you could call it that but also divine mercy, because there is no final judgment. It's not you failed and you're going to hell, etc. It's you have to understand what the other side went through. So you may be put in that situation, because if you're put in that situation, you now get to overcome adversity and you get to be the success story. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens to you can be overcome. Absolutely. And then I'm going to tell the story because I told you before, I got to watch my father's last past life review. And it's very interesting because it's telltale. There's a past life where my father was a slave trader. And he broke families up in, in Africa. He split husbands from wives and their kids, chained them into the bottom of the boat and took them to Bermuda on the way to the United States. In his next life, he was the father of the man who was killed in Chicago, separated from his son, and his wife died during childbirth, separated from his family. In his next life, he was my father, the high school principal, a wonderful man who spent the last 20 years of his life chained to a wheelchair because of Parkinson's. 
there's a story in there. Dad was still the most positive man I'd ever met, even though he was trapped in his wheelchair. He would do what he could to laugh and joke. He did what he could to make the students' lives better. He didn't let that define him. It's not the situation. It's how you respond. Yes, very true. That's the key with karma. It's not what happens to you. It's how you choose to respond. That's right there. Another amazing take-home point. A great reminder. I love this discussion. I'd love to have you guys back for another episode. That's for sure. I, you know, I have to get better at the comments here. Uh, Jennifer Damon is asking, has your spirit guide ever talked about coming to a place where you no longer need to reincarnate? Mm-hmm. I find that an interesting Absolutely. question. It's, it's a great question. Actually, in our third book, the manual, we actually have the seven planes of heaven and how you graduate up. Okay. And let's, you know what, that's a great segue right into your books. Cause I, I would love for you to talk about them and, and where people can buy them. I mean, I know I'm going to get them and they're going to be on my shelf right back there. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there's our, our website is the gift of past There's links to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. If you're in the UK, there's links to bookstores over there. It's also available at Target and Walmart and all the other book outlets. So we always tell people, if you have a local bookstore that's small, that was hit by COVID and they didn't have much, go in because anybody can order it um, and find the book. So the three books are The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella Godden Elizabeth. The second book is Hell No Reincarnation. And we really went through our Catholic upbringing, some of the religious things that we knew, religious history, including that reincarnation was still being taught by the church 200 years after Jesus's death. And that same bishop, uh, origin of Alexander, was excommunicated 200 years after his death because mm-hmm. that story couldn't, didn't fit the rest of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, seven more past life stories. And seven more past life stories are in there, including our first life, which occurred 6,000 years ago. Uh, the manual. And then the third book is The Manual which tells how your next life is sort of Mm pre-planned and the things you have to go through and how they relate to your past life review, how it relates to the karma that you have and how you're set up not only with a birth sign. So astrology plays into it a little bit. Your astrological sign is directly related to your past karma and the angel that you are assigned. Now that's just, this is so intriguing right there. This is, I mean, yeah, that that can be a whole episode just on that right there. So we should tell you that our fourth book is called Herhuba and His Rose. We are not the main characters. It's actually a love story. Um, We lived this life, but it's about other characters. um, And when did it take place, Dave? It took place at the turn of the first millennium. So I'm going to tell you that the entire story is set between 0 AD and 70 AD at the fall of the second temple in Jerusalem. It's filled with history, an interesting love story, lots of interesting issues related to the Essenes, the development of religion, and we'll leave it at that. It's a beautiful story. It has a lot of cute parts to it mm-hmm. but because we were there but we watched the story and we told the story we watched oh that's so fascinating oh my goodness and i actually was on your website earlier today it's a fantastic website and do you offer any class do you actually teach reincarnation classes yourself or we we've, we've done some symposium we do re- regression for people we've taught meditation um we're just trying to get the message out. So we're, we've been doing some podcasts and and those kind of things just to share the message because there are lessons from the past that we all need to know. Absolutely. And if, if uh, let's say someone who has no knowledge of reincarnation what, whatsoever, so hasn't yet developed any preconceived notions about it, what would you want to tell that person who's pretty much never heard of it at all and wants to learn about the benefits of it. 
what would be like two or three things you would want to relay to that person? First thing I would tell them is you are always responsible for your actions. The second thing is you must live both ways to ever get compassion. The third thing is adversity is a normal part of life. That's how we grow. That's how we change. So if you think your life has given you something short, what it's really given you is an opportunity to overcome. There you have it. I mean, even in just the paranormal research field, ego is, you know, as I, I always say that ego is going to be the one thorn in its side that this field cannot advance as long as people are in it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And as long as, as long as ego is going to run, run its course. So empathy, getting rid of ego. I mean, all these, con- I just find all these little connections and signs and the fact that you have to trust your intuition and trust the emotions behind it. It's just, oh my gosh, I, I probably said the word fascinating like a hundred times tonight, but it's just so fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. you know, but then again, I'm very open to it and, you know, I believe in it. So. And so the other thing that Cole, that I want to tell people. Meditate. Meditate. Yes. Get a past life regression. If, if you're curious realize that our goal here in life is to overcome and then return to God's source, Tao, creator, whatever term you want to use to the love in which you were created, you will return as the love you back because you've developed it here in this earth. That's sound advice. And I love your cat in the background too. He's <laughs> really cute. Two of them. Yes. Oh, there are. Oh, so today. Yes, I don't know what, what the issue oh, is. Oh, so cute. I, I love cats. I Well, I just had one pass in December, but oh. I, I still have 21-year-old Aries in the other room. So oh. yeah, she's going to be 21 at the end of this month. So, oh my goodness. This has been such an amazing episode. Like I said earlier, I would love to have you back sometime. If you guys desire, because there's so many other avenues we can go down talking about this and and the benefits of it and just being in touch with reincarnation is helping you being in touch with your soul and your soul's purpose. So there's all these parallels and all of that. So uh, we have a couple of more minutes left. Uh, So your website, again, get get that out. Any social media uh, pages that you want people to know, any upcoming events that you have. Thegiftofpastlives.com is the website. We do answer. There's a contact us. So if people are interested, they can contact us through that and we'll respond to those emails. Um, We have really three Facebook. We have a a very new page for her, Huba and his Rose. We have reincarnation, reincarnation and past lives with Mother Isabella God and Elizabeth. Facebook page and another Facebook page, which is just Mother Isabella, God and Elizabeth, where we send positive messages out to try to connect with people Um, so they can look up all of those. The other thing I usually try to tell people, learn from the past. Don't repeat the same mistakes. We live on this planet. If we don't take care of this planet, you're going to return to this planet. So if you want to throw out that plastic solo cup. It's still going to be here when you come back the next time. So get out and pick it back up. Amazing, amazing content. This was a fabulous discussion. Uh, So for those that are interested in reincarnation, go to their website, uh, visit their Facebook pages, social media. You have Instagram too. I see here at, um, is it Midge Books? Is that how you pronounce it? So Twitter at, I hope you don't mind me giving this out. Is that okay? No. Okay. Absolutely. So Twitter at Midge Books and then Instagram.com Midge Books as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, this episode, of course, will be archived on all of the audio, uh, major audio listening platforms. And of course, on afterlifechronicles.podbean.com as well. So once it's up, I'll send you um, an MP3 file of it. And then, of course, the, the video, uh, the MP4 as well. So a great discussion, guys. Thank you so much uh, tonight to our guests. And of course, I hope it's already Thursday. My goodness. So I hope everyone has a fabulous uh, weekend coming up. And 
Of course, I like to end with this. Sometimes I forget to say it, but tonight I remembered. So that's a good thing. Here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we're bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife one experience at a time. And we will see you next week. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night.